Welcome to the next in the series of JNIS Editor's Choice Podcast. This is Philippe C. Albuquerque. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Neurointerventional Surgery. And we're delighted to welcome today Maxim Moken from the Department of Neurosurgery at the University of South Florida. Max will discuss his recent manuscript, which is currently on the JNIS website and entitled Intravenous Altaplace has different effects on the efficacy of aspiration and stent retriever thrombectomy analysis of the COMPASS trial. I will say at the outset that this podcast is supported by Rapid Medical. Rapid Medical develops responsive neurovascular devices for improved control of procedural success. Recently, the Pivotal Tiger trial showed superior good clinical outcomes and reperfusion for the Tiger Retriever thrombectomy device compared to previous landmark trials. Tiger Retriever gives interventionalists greater control over clot removal, allowing them to see the device and tailor the radial force during retrieval. With this real-time responsiveness, the pivotal trial demonstrated the lowest rate of distal emboli and 24-minute median procedure time. Email info at rapid-medical.com or contact your local Rapid Medical representative to learn more about this new class of adjustable thrombectomy devices. Max, it's a pleasure to have you today. Welcome. Thank you, Philip. Pleasure being here. Uh, I should say as well at the outset, Max has uh, done a fantastic job as one of our assistant editors uh, for technical videos on the JNIS and really has done uh, great work in, in getting that project going. So Max, uh, switching gears to your, your manuscript and, and congratulations, I think um, this is a, a very interesting uh, analysis of the COMPASS trial, uh, which was recently published as well. Um, I just wanted you to you at the outset to summarize some of your um, your thoughts behind this manuscript in, in constructing it uh, and discuss your methods and results uh, briefly. Let's see if I can try to untangle this this study. And you know, Philip, it's interesting, but I really want to thank the reviewers for this one because they brought some interesting points on how we should interpret the data. And a lot of what you see in discussion um, right now in the final version actually came from the reviewers pointing out how we should look at the data in a different way. And I want to start by saying that we sort of all are stuck on this idea of whether patients with a large vessel occlusion who are treated with thrombectomy, whether they should or should not receive IV TPA. Right, we have several trials right now that are completed and the data sort of borderline showing that the TPA perhaps is not doing much uh, to these patients. But nevertheless, I kind of feel that TPA is not going anywhere in patients who have large vessel occlusion anytime soon. And so the way we're looking at this manuscript, it's, it's the other way around. Patients who already got TPA or who were not eligible to receive TPA and they harbor a large vessel occlusion, well, what is the best way to treat them? We have two um, equal thrombectomy approaches, aspiration or a standard retriever. Is one better than the other, depending on whether TPA was given or not? 
So that is the way to look at this study, not whether TPA should be given or not. And what we used is a data set from the COMPASS randomized trial, which looked at patients within the first six hours of stroke onset, anterior circulation, emergent large vessel occlusion, and they were randomized either getting aspiration first approach or the combined one, meaning a stent retriever um, with aspiration in many cases. And as you know, similar to the other trial, Aster, the compass showed that both approaches are equal. And so what was unique about this data set is that the majority of patients were treated with thrombectomy within the first four hours. So it, it presented a pretty solid cohort of patients who um, time-wise were eligible to receive alteplase. And so then we went further and we asked, well, depending on whether they got TPA or not, was aspiration or the standard to your first um, approach similar or different? In, and the main finding was that in patients treated with aspiration thrombectomy, we found um, higher recanalization success in patients who did not get the TPA. Whereas with the standard retrieval first thrombectomy, statistically there was no difference, but there were trends in, in the opposite direction, meaning that patients who got TPA, it looked like they were more likely to, to have uh, superior recanalization rates. So it, that, I think that was the, the first time we saw that strong signal that depending on whether the patient receives intravenous thrombolysis, the two approaches had very different um, efficacies as far as uh, recanalization, whether that be in first pass effect, getting TK2C or 3 on first pass, or the final successful recanalization, which we commonly uh, assume is TK2B or 3. So that would be the main findings. Sure. Um, and very important, as we, as we mentioned. Um, can you talk and, and just refresh my memory a bit on the COMPASS trial? The patients that did not receive uh, IV alteplase um, prior to intervention, can you explain why they didn't receive alteplase? Um, was it, it, it wasn't a timing issue. I can Correct. It wasn't the timing issue. So uh, in total, there were 270 patients who um, were randomized in this trial. What we did is we took every case that um, presented within the first four hours. So um, as you recall, in the U.S., TPA um, is frequently given up to four and a half hours. So we, we gave that extra 30 minutes uh, for, you know, the necessary workup, uh, give the uh, make the decision whether TPA can be given or not. So unfortunately, the, the reason why TPA was not given was not documented uh, in this study because remember it was never studied to look at the effect of TPA. But um, what we found is that within that four hour window, of course, as you would expect, the majority of patients did get TPA. So out of 235 patients who presented within the first four hours, 171 received the TPA. The remainder 64 didn't. And uh, the patients who got TPA, not surprisingly, they were, you know, slightly younger, less atrial fibrillation, 
the pre-morbid MRS was more favorable. So these were all of the factors that we had to account for when we looked at the effect of TPA, because these are all variables that can affect um, how a patient does after treatment. Okay. Um, let's just dive a little bit deeper into, into your discussion. You make one, one conclusion that, that patients may quote unquote react differently in the presence or absence of alteplase. Can you discuss in a little bit greater detail that th this argument of clot softening and how that affects aspiration versus stent retriever thrombectomy? Yeah, so I don't think we know, um, we understand the mechanism um, well enough to, to claim that we know how it does it, but our theory is, and that is supported also by by some other studies, is that uh, fundamentally aspiration versus stent retriever approach uh, utilizes very different mechanisms. So based on our data, it seems that uh, with aspiration, where when the, the clot is only partially engaged into the aspiration catheter, you are more likely to extract the clot in one piece, meaning achieve successful recanalization on the first pass, if it's a more solid structure. So perhaps by giving alteplase, giving TPA, you soften the clot, and when the aspiration catheter is pulled back, the clot is, is torn into pieces, and so you get incomplete recanalization, perhaps even distal embolization. With a stent retriever, it's quite the opposite. Um, the device is unsheathed and it engages the entire clot. And so if the TPA softens the clot partially, it helps for the stent struts to penetrate the clot, grab it more effectively, and pull it out in one piece. And of course, then we have all these extra layers that uh, we have to think of that being how long and how short the clot is. What is the nature of the clot? Is it a, a clot with a high content of red blood cells or is it a fibrin-rich clot, those tough clots? So we only, I think we only scratched the surface of the complexity of the problem. Um, ideally, to, to understand all of these mechanisms, we have to account for all of these factors. And uh, we're not quite there yet, but I still think that this was, this was an extremely important study in a sense that it's the first time we were able to compare the two approaches because um, our group and many others, we often look at one treatment and we say, well, aspiration is less effective with a clot type A versus a clot type B. But I think the more important question is, if you had the two approaches, which one would be? more or less effective. Yeah, I completely understand that. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, the uh, type of mechanical thrombectomy technique that you're employing is really a game time decision, so to speak. So how then, Max, do we get to that point? Um, this study certainly suggests um, that um, IV alteplase may adversely affect the efficacy of, of aspiration. How now do we get to the point where we can predict what is the best 
mechanical thrombectomy technique and what what further studies do we need to to um, evaluate before we can get there I think that's a, that's an excellent uh, clinical question Philippe that we need to work hard on so I think that the next step is um, perhaps registries that are specifically designed to look at the nature of the clot, uh, clot imaging. And a great example is the protocol of the excellent registry that JNA has just published. So a registry um, that will look at specifically at the endotrap uh, standard treatment device. The study will be sponsored by Serenovus. So in this study, they will collect the data on the nature of the clot or the imaging characteristics of the clot, try to correlate that with angiographic and clinical outcomes. But I think at the end of the day, we will need a, a randomized trial that will um, be able to compare standard tour to aspiration first approach. But unlike Astor or Compass, in the design, we would have to, we would have to um, control for whether patients are given an intravenous thrombolytic or not. And quite frankly, with, with TNK um, being used more and more, perhaps the more relevant question becomes whether we should be included in that novel thrombolytic as well. Sure. Uh, and, and then that's interesting work that's coming out as well. Maybe you could uh, go into in a little bit more detail you know, the potential role of TNK uh, as a positive effect on elbow cases. Yeah, so um, we um, have converted to TNK, not 100%, but our hospital um, has started using it more and more. And it's just the simplicity of this uh, new medication um, made it our favorite thrombolytic right now. So it's, um, it's a modified tissue plasminogen activator. It um, binds more selectively to the clot. It has a longer half-life, and so you don't need a one-hour drip as you normally would with the alteplase. It's just given as a bolus. And the data that um, I believe that it was an Australian and New Zealand study published a couple of years ago showed that patients who got TNK showed way superior uh, recanalization rates and better clinical outcomes that patients with ELVO who were treated with alteplase. Um, so, and that was one of the reasons why I said, I don't think IV thrombolysis is going anywhere anytime soon. I think eventually we'll have to adjust our um, treatment strategies in the NGS suite based on an individual patient. Um, anatomy and perhaps um, the use of thrombolytics. Yeah, and, and the whole field of uh, the analysis of clot composition, I think is, is you know, really exciting. Uh, and, and I think um, will certainly point us in the right direction in terms of medical management and the use of different uh, agents, whether that be intra-arterially or, or intravenously. So Max, I wanted to thank you again um, and give you a minute if there were any points that you think um, we missed in terms of uh, your manuscript that you'd like to highlight. Um, no, thank you for the opportunity. I think this was uh, an excellent overview of um, the data that we're 
glad to share with with the rest of the GNS readers. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Very interesting analysis. And again, um, we welcomed uh, today Maxim Moken from the University of South Florida to discuss his manuscript. Intravenous alteplase has different effects on the efficacy of aspiration and stent retriever thrombectomy. Analysis of the COMPASS trial, which is currently on the JNIS website. Thank you again, Max, and thanks for all your work with the journal. Have a great day. Thank you, Philip. Anytime.